0: We continue our missions month with another special guest speaker, Uh, Pastor Danny Kwan joins us all the way from Philadelphia. He is senior director of youth ministry content and cross-cultural initiatives at Rooted Ministry and serves as professor at Eastern University. Until recently, he and his wife, Monica, served for nearly three decades in the family and youth ministry at a Korean American church outside of Philadelphia. Danny and Monica have been married for 27 years and have raised three children, and we are so happy to have Pastor Danny deliver God's word, and for both of them to speak at our parenting seminar later today. And so, uh, CCSC, would you join me in welcoming our guest speaker, Pastor Danny Kwan. Good morning. Please turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 13. And it's glad to be here for Missions Month, and Pastor Daniel Pen Kim asked me to speak on this weird topic, parenting as missions, but it is a mission field. I uh, have raised three kids, and if you're a parent of younger kids, I know it's hard physically. They never want to sleep. They don't want to listen. They don't want to eat. But nothing will prepare you for raising teenagers. It is the hardest thing I have ever done. And I always say, I have good kids. It was so hard for me, I actually wrote a book called Understanding Parents of Teenagers. It should have been called, when I was a young pastor, why I hate parents of teenagers. Because as a youth pastor, sometimes I had conflict with parents of teenagers. But as I raised my own teenagers, I realized it's the hardest thing I've ever done. And parenting is definitely a mission field. So Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may stand, be able to withstand in the evil day having done all to stand firm. Amen. 2007 we went to a mission trip in Kazakhstan, the land of Borat. And when we went there, a little bit before that, a team from South Korea went to Afghanistan. And they were captured by the Taliban. They were held hostage. Their pastor, the leader, was martyred. And so many of our parents were concerned Although we weren't going to a country with Islamic extremist terrorist Muslims, Kazakhstan was a country that was ethnically Muslim, and they were hostile to Christianity. Now, I love mission trips. I've been to over 53. I wrote a book on short-term missions. I love it. And on this trip, although, again, we weren't facing Islamic extremist, terrorist Muslims. We were going to a country hostile to Christianity. And so we told our team, our adults and teenagers, don't let them know we're here from a church. And we were teaching at an English camp, and of course, you tell teenagers, don't tell them we're from a church. One of our teenagers, during the English camp, said, We are from America. We are from a church. I wanted to go over and kill him. Because the next day, three men who were not teenagers, they looked like they were 45 years old, came to our English camp. And that night, we invited all to a secret worship service. And at the end of that service, we were praying. There was revival going on. And at the end, these three men stood up and said, you all stay in the church. Everybody leave the church. And they were the secret KNB, the KJB, K, KGB of Kazakhstan. And they were going to arrest our mission team. And they said, we're going to question all of you one by one in this room. So we want the whole team to wait here. Who's gonna go first? And of course, me being the pastor, I should have said, I will, but I was like, I don't know. (laughs) And so my wife volunteered to go in. (laughs) And she went in from like one to four in the morning being questioned. And in those first two hours, While we were waiting for her, we were like praying, singing amazing grace, praising God. But after a few hours, our teenagers got really scared, worried. And I was like, maybe they killed my wife. (laughs) I mean, it was so long she was in there. They started crying, weeping, scared. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, shut up, I'm such a bad pastor. I'm like, be quiet, stop crying, God is good. Very empathetic. After three hours, my wife came out, and the KNB, the secret police, said, you're free to go. And I was like, what happened? Monica, what happened? And I don't really know what happened, but I could imagine her. She's a psychologist, a counselor. She's great at asking questions. And I can imagine these Kazakhstan, KNB, secret police saying, what are you doing here? And she's looking at them like, what are you doing here? <laughs> you know. When I think about that story and think about faith and church and missions and good and evil, That's the picture I have of the struggle between good and evil, spiritual warfare, what it means to fight against darkness. And in the mission field, in faith, in church, and in life, this is a picture of where good and evil struggle and fight against each other. But a few years after that incident, I had this incident with my son, my youngest son, who right now is 23 years old, pursuing his PhD at Dartmouth, a really good kid. But when he was a teenager, he was a terror. There were times when I wanted to kill him. There was one time in the winter where we were shoveling the snow and I know you guys don't get snow here but we had a lot of snow and we're shoveling the snow and my three sons, there's a reason why I had three sons because I didn't have to buy a snow blower or because we get a lot of sun, snow and they came to shovel and my third son, always the baby, didn't want to shovel, came out doing a half you know, hearted job shoveling and so I said, Caleb Just go inside, stop being a rebel, stop being disobedient, go inside. And I was so angry at him, I went inside and I took his computer monitor because he loved League of Legends. I took his computer hard drive and I hid it in my closet underneath all these clothes and I went out to finish shoveling with my two older sons. And about an hour later, I went inside. And he's playing computer. (laughs) And he dug out and found his computer. I was so angry. And then I went in. And so after, I I said, I'm going to calm down even though I want to kill him. I went to find my car keys and wallet because I had to move my car, the shovel under the snow there. And I couldn't find it. I couldn't find my wallet and keys. And he not only found his computer and hard drive, he decided to hide my wallet and keys. <laughs> I wanted to kill him. So I came inside and I said, Caleb, come downstairs. I need to talk to you. He said, no. Now again, remember, he's a smart guy, a good kid. He's at Dartmouth doing his PhD, 23. But back then he was evil. And he wouldn't come downstairs, and he would just stay at the top of the steps. And I'm like yelling at him, how could you find your computer? How could you hide my keys? What's wrong with you? You're such a bad son. And I'm going at it, yelling at him for like five minutes, ten minutes. And then after like ten minutes, I was getting tired, and he's just looking at me. And he's like, he's like, and then he's like, and I'm like, He started walking away. And I'm like, Caleb, I'm not finished. He's like, well, I am. And then he started walking away. And I wanted to go up and kill him. That was a battle versus good and evil. (laughs) Paul, in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13, our passage talks about in church and in faith and in life and in missions and even in family, this idea of a spiritual battle. Ephesians is written, the first three chapters, talking about the gospel and the grace of God. And Ephesians 2, eight through 10 says, for by grace you've been saved through faith It is the gift of God so that no one can boast. So you are God's now workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do his good works. It is the picture and the good news of Jesus that we are to receive and respond to. And so in Ephesians chapter 4 through 6, Paul talks about responding in unity as a church. Responding as slaves to our masters in our workplaces. Responding as children to our parents. Responding in our marriages. Responding in living and walking in truth versus sexual immorality. It talks about the good news and how are we to respond. And in verses 6, 10 and following. It is the capstone, the cherry on top, the final synopsis of Ephesians chapter 6. And it is summarized by this idea of the spiritual battle, spiritual warfare. And you know this passage from the time you were children. The whole armor of God, wrestling, belt of truth, Breastplate of righteousness, shoes for your feet, shield of faith, helmet of salvation, sword of the Spirit. It is the capstone, verses 10 through 13. It is like giving a general, giving a final charge to the army. So for you and I, it is important to understand these words of the spiritual warfare, the battle of good and evil. And again, one of the things I want to share with you as Christians is that sometimes we think the battle of good and evil is only done in the mission field far away. And when it is done there, and missions is important. My in-laws are missionaries. They do important work for the kingdom of God. But as Christians in our daily lives... We must see that the gospel and the good news is continually a response in faith to good and evil. Some of you who grew up in the Korean church, like I did in the immigrant church, you might remember your fundamentalist, legalistic pastors like I used to be. And they would talk about church like a cruise ship versus a battleship. The church is a battleship, but you treat it like a cruise ship. I remember, although I was a youth and family pastor for 29 years at one Korean church, I would often be the interim of our English ministry. And I would preach at the English ministry and tell them from the book of Hosea, which is about Hosea marrying a prostitute. And in some versions of the Bible, the Israelites were called a whorehouse. And I would be the interim pastor. I wasn't their full-time, long-term pastor. So I would say, You guys are a whorehouse. You are evil. You are not living in goodness of the gospel. You are a whorehouse. You are not standing up against the schemes of the devil, against evil. And while we lost a famous pastor, Tim Keller, this summer, there was another great pastor we lost in the history of Christendom named George Verrer, president of Operation Mobilization, And he always said in his mission work that there is a war going on in Christianity. And again, I think sometimes as Christians, as theologian Sinclair Ferguson said, when it comes to Satan, sometimes we put too little emphasis on Satan. And sometimes we may put too much emphasis on Satan. But whether it be too little or too much in faith and in Christianity, in church, in mission field, and even in family, Paul is emphasizing here that we must have a good balance and see that the battle in our Christian life between good and evil, darkness and light, Spiritual battle is important. And isn't it true? Sometimes we see church as a cruise ship versus a battleship. You know, 30 years ago, I remember this because it was 30 years ago. I went to speak at my second retreat as a young pastor. And when the church called me to invite me to speak, they said, Pastor Danny, can you come speak? Six messages. We have a really good youth group. We pray a lot. I said, sure, I'll come. And they said, and I just want to warn you, we've had a lot of satanic activity and spiritual satanic possessions happening in our youth group. I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm thinking like The Exorcist or something like that, or the new movie by Russell Crowe, The Pope's Exorcist. Don't watch it, it'll give you bad dreams. So I went to this retreat, not knowing what to expect, and they're talking about satanic positions of youth group members. And on the last night, Again, some of you grew up to the, in, in Korean churches, you remember the last night of the retreat, everybody's praying, you know, people are going nuts and crazy and, uh, you know. And then I'm praying, and I'm leading prayer, and then all of a sudden in the back of the room, this girl screams, "Ah! Ah! Ah!" And the pastor's like, Pastor Danny, she's possessed. Let's go. I'm like, where? (laughs) And he runs back, and he tells all his teachers to come back and grab her. And she's like a small, 75-pound, seventh-grade girl. And I'm like, why do you need to pin her down? And I went back, and I was really skeptical. I wasn't taking it seriously. And I went back, and I went to grab her too, because everybody else was grabbing her. This is just my story. I don't know what was going on. Mental illness, real spiritual possession, Pope's exorcist, I don't know. But I grabbed her and she threw me across the room. And I was like, maybe this is real spiritual battle. And then all the the volunteers of the youth group pinned her down and they all started praying for her. And I, I didn't know what to do. So I started like, touching her with my hand. And every time I touched her, she screamed. Ah! Ah! I thought I had like a magic hand. Ah! I was like, maybe she's really possessed, I don't know. And after like an hour of doing that, it stopped working. And it was like one in the morning. And then my dad had given me this new, precious Korean-English Bible, you know, with the hymnal and was like really thick like an encyclopedia. He wrote his you know message in Korean. I couldn't even read it, you know, because I, you know, I was grew up here. But I took the Bible. I thought it was some special power, so I started touching her with the Bible. Ah! 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 And every time I touched her, ah. But I like I kept on doing it. After like an hour, she stopped screaming but I thought I was working and then like a month before that retreat I went to Mexico missions and I bought this big silver cross because there was this movie called The Mission in 1988 about these uh, Jesuit priests that went to South America to evangelize and one guy wore a huge cross so I bought this huge silver cross in Mexico and I saw her screaming, and it was like 3 in the morning. And she just kept on screaming. So I, and the Bible wouldn't work. My hand didn't work. So I took out the cross. And like, I thought like I was like a Dracula killer or something. I started touching her. Ah! 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 And every time I touched her, she started screaming. And, and she's like screaming till like 5 in the morning. And she just screamed and screamed, and it was five in the morning, and I just told the pastor, hey, I don't think this is working. I'm going to sleep. I went to sleep and came back at eight in the morning. She was still screaming. And you know, 30 years later, if you go back to that retreat center, go back to that auditorium, she's still there screaming. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. I don't know if I was taking spiritual battle too lightly. It's just a story in my life. But I think we do need to take spiritual warfare, good and evil, seriously. And I want to remind you that as Paul talks about spiritual warfare, he talks about it in the context of these last three chapters in Ephesians where it talks about, again, teenagers obeying and honoring your parents, parents, your marriages as a spiritual warfare, slaves and masters, your workplace and spiritual warfare, unity in the body of Christ, walking in truth as spiritual warfare. And in all these practical implications of the gospel, it connects with chapter 6, verse 10 through 13, the battle of good and evil, spiritual warfare. What I'm trying to emphasize to you is if you're a teenager here, because I know teenagers are here today, honoring and obeying your parents is spiritual warfare a battle of good and evil? Your marriages is an area of spiritual warfare. Your parenting is an area of spiritual warfare. Just as important as the spiritual warfare in the mission field. Again, all these things are Missions are a form of mission work. That's why when we see this imagery of spiritual warfare, the armor of God, six chapter 6, verse 10 through 13, is connected with all these practical areas of Christian life. And today, specifically, I want to talk about your parenting as mission work. Now again, teenagers, if you hear this message today, I don't want you to hear it and say, Mom and Dad, you suck. You're bad parents. Because in Ephesians 6, the verses before, verses 1 through 4, there's a command for parents But there's also a command to respond to the gospel for children. Again, you are to obey and honor your parents. And that is spiritual warfare. That is a battle that the gospel of good wages against evil. In your marriages, Ephesians 5, talks about how it is a spiritual warfare. And specifically today, in Ephesians 6, verse 4, for parents, it says these words. It says, parents, do not exasperate your children. Do not provoke your children. My wife will be talking about this in the parenting seminar, but when I think about this verse, and parents, do not provoke your children. I think about turning your children off and discouraging them in their faith, in their own battle between good, and evil. To help your children not be secularized. Not when they leave home and go to college, but before they go to college in their teenage years. How you set the example versus provoking them away from the Lord. The way we might promote academics, and worldly success over spiritual success. You know, I have parents in my youth group in 29 years at one Korean church. When the kids hit middle school, you know, when you're in high school, they have National Honor Society. But now in junior high, middle school, they came up with National Junior Honor Society. What is that? And parents in our youth group, Korean parents, they're like, Pastor Danny, our kid has to make National Junior Honor Society. They need community service hours. They need to go to youth group and help out. Do you have places for them to serve? And I'm like, can I just tell you, National Junior Honor Society means nothing. It has no bearing in your life. It's not going to get you into high school. Public education's free. It's not like you're applying to the Ivy Leagues. But in our quest for academic success versus spiritual success, sports and instruments, SATs, church is important. I know to all of us. But it just might be one good option versus many options. And what is the example that we are setting for our teenagers? Again, I don't think kids are being secularized when they go to college and they go live at college. But it's happening in their high school years because of their parents. I'm not saying you're all bad, but the research and the statistics and the social science research has shown that parents are the number one influence of your kid's faith, the battle between good and evil. It is not only biblical in Deuteronomy 6, Ephesians 6, Proverbs 22, but it is the research, the social science saying parents are the number one influence of the spiritual battle of their teenager. I know this is hard for me. My son, my youngest who's at Dartmouth, you know, he went to college. He said he's going to study astrophysics. I'm like, Okay, go look at stars for four years. And then after two years, he came home and said, Dad, I'm gonna switch from astrophysics to physics. Cuz I wanna go to med school. I'm like, the Asian parents dream, med school. Now again, comedian Ronnie Chen says, for Asian parents, helping people is not any close to the reason why we want our kids to go to med school. It's all about prestige and money. But he said, after two years, I'm going to study physics and go to med school. Can you buy me an MCAT book? And I'm like, no, I'll buy you $1,000 worth. So I bought him $1,000 worth of MCAT books. Then after one year, he came home and said, I'm going to switch my major. To medical physics. And I'm like, what's that? I'm like, I want to study radiation and imaging. How do you do x-rays? I'm not going to go to medical school. What? What? I was so angry. I'm like, you can do a PhD and an MD, MD, PhD. Better than MD. Academic success versus spiritual success. Our example our hypocrisy. And again, we wrestle against, not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual darknesses of evil. What Paul is saying here is that the battle is not against your child flesh and blood but it's against your own heart the gospel in your own heart against the spiritual forces of evil and how you let the gospel goodness win versus evil in your heart will be the difference between victory in your parenting as a mission field versus defeat the battle is not against flesh and blood but against the spiritual forces of evil and darkness my son who's here today who my oldest son lives in LA a few years ago when he was about to graduate from college he went to a retreat and he, on the way home, he called us and said, Mom and Dad, I really have to talk to you about my calling. God has revealed to me a new calling in my life because he was studying mechanical engineering, another dream profession of Asian parents, at a great school. And he, and he called, and he never calls. You know, he's the kind of kid that I text him long messages, I love you, Jesus loves you, and Bible verses, and he texts K, not even OK. So when he called us and said he has to tell us about his calling, and I was like, oh, no, he's going to go into ministry like his dad. And on the way home, he came home and he said, Mom and Dad, I want to sit down with you and tell you about my new calling. I said, oh, no, he's going to go into ministry versus mechanical engineering. What have we done wrong? I'm going to kill him. I said, Mom and Dad... God gave me a new calling. I decided that I'm going to pursue acting. How many crazy rich Asian movies are they going to make? You idiot. But the battle was not against flesh and blood, against him. It was against the spiritual forces of darkness in my heart. And I had to say to him, do it for the glory of God, Luke, and use the force. Just kidding. Parenting as missions is not against flesh and blood, but is against the spiritual forces of darkness. Now, how do you win this battle? How do you win this battle? I want to point out that Paul, in this battle of good and evil, talks about the whole armor of God in verses 16, 13 to 17, following the verses we read today. And in these passages, the whole armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of truth, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, in verse 18 he says, praying at all times the climax of the spiritual battle is praying and if i can just leave you with one one way to win the victory paul's climax of the spiritual warfare and the armor of god the breastplate the shoes the sword of faith and all these things is praying, praying. He climaxes with praying. And if I again just leave you with one implication as parents and parenting as the mission field is that you would pray. My college pastor told me prayer is not preparation for the spiritual battle but prayer is the battle if you would pray for your teenager and you would pray with them again as a pastor people ask me what do you do for your quiet time with your kid What do you do with your, how do you raise your kids in the Lord? How do you win the spiritual battle, the mission field of parenting? I'm like, oh yeah, you know what, we wake them up at 4.30 in the morning, we grab their hands, we make them sit up, and we start praying, and we sing hymns, amazing grace, you know, onward Christian soldiers, and we pray for like three hours until 7.30, and then we make them fast all day, and we send them to school. No! When they were young kids, I just woke them up every day, made breakfast for them, French toast, pancakes, sausage, hash browns, diabetes, and we just prayed. As teenagers, it's hard. Your kids don't want to do things with you. I understand that. Once a week, I said, we're going to have a 15-minute time of prayer and sharing. Pray. Pray for them. Pray with them. Have a meal together. Pray. 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 Prayer is not preparation for the battle. It is it is the battle. And as parents, when you pray, I want to encourage you to remember. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, I watered, Apollos, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Our calling as parents in the mission field is just to water and plant. And God in his gospel promises, he will give the growth in our spiritual warfare and mission work of parenting. Let's pray together. Lord, encourage us and help us as parents in the mission field of parenting, the battle against good and evil, the gospel good, that we would raise our kids in the Lord, not secularize them at home. We would pray for them and with them. And Lord God, we believe and trust in your promise that you will give the growth. Help us to remember that parenting is a mission field is the battle between good and evil and spiritual warfare and encourage us in this battle we pray in jesus name amen